you in on this edition of In the Red Zone. Hi, friends. Rob with them. Happy to be with you from the RBA Sports Network. I sure hope you had a wonderful holiday weekend. Looking very much forward to the next few weeks. If things can go our way, but I have to tell you, coming into uh, our time together here as we record on Sunday night, uh, we are recording kind of in between games. The uh, Bears-Packers have not started yet, and the uh, the four o'clock set of games are are in the books, which includes one of the topics we want to talk about on this particular edition of the podcast, and, and that is looking at everything that's going on in the sports world right now, uh, you know, through the lens of COVID nineteen, and then can we extrapolate anything that's happening? with what we are hoping to see resume three weeks from Monday, which may be today when you listen to this, or maybe yesterday if you get to us on Tuesday. And that's the return of high school sport activity, actual games. We are hoping to see practices for sports like basketball as early as next Monday. But I think this is going to be a very critical week for us and uh, I'm, I'm going to lay out all the information that we have, talk about it again through the lens of just looking at the rest of the sports world as to what's going on, uh, looking at what's happening with coronavirus, not only nationwide, but here in the local area as well. And then just, I hate to use the term armchair quarterback, but I, I feel like we have to be really honest about this situation um, and I'm going to give you my thoughts and my feelings here on this particular edition. Most of the time, um, you know, here on the podcast under normal conditions, we're, we're talking about, you know, games and outcomes and looking forward to games that are ahead and promoting live broadcasts and talking about polls and, and you know, things like that. And, you know, tomorrow should have been, as again, I'm recording this on Sunday night, so tomorrow, Monday, November 30th, should have been the opening of high school basketball season, plus uh, gymnastics and wrestling and swimming and indoor track. And obviously, that is not the case with the championships plus one uh, projected or proposed schedule that's been approved by the Virginia High School League that they hope to put into effect. Uh, First real practices are coming up in a week. And again, first matchups are scheduled for Monday, December 21st. But the question is, Are we going to be able to do that? And that's what we're going to spend the bulk of our time talking about here on this edition of In the Red Zone. So glad you're with us. Thanks so much. And let me say this real quick in the mode of Thanksgiving. um, I I want to thank all of you who have stuck with the RVA Sports Network here over the last almost nine months. Um, The last live sporting event that we covered was March 11th. Uh, That was also our last broadcast, a Randolph-Macon women's lacrosse match. And then that was the night the NBA suspended its season, and everything fell apart from there. And by the end of that weekend, college basketball was off, et cetera, et cetera. And we started this new murky era that we continue to, unfortunately, be in. And so it would be very simple for for a lot of you to have, you know, well, we don't need to, you know, follow them on Twitter or, you know, whatever the case may be, because, you know, they're not there's no scores to talk about or whatnot. And and very few, very few people have have let us go. 
And for all of you who have stuck with us and as we have tried to provide, you know, the information that is still going on, you know, such as recruiting at the high school level and people who are getting offers and people who are making their decisions, whether it be a verbal commitment or National Signing Day back earlier in November, um, lots of, of, of great news coming out of that. And we had an opportunity really to kind of profile that more on Twitter than we normally would be because we'd also be right in the middle of the start of football playoffs and uh, states at field hockey and regionals and volleyball, that sort of thing. So um, I, I, I want to thank all of you who have continued to support us uh, throughout our social media and our website efforts on Twitter, on Facebook, at the RVA Sports Network's website, obviously, rvasportsnetwork.com. As through all of this, we work through some changes and some additions as well. So thank you. We appreciate your support. We always, always appreciate that. Okay, so... Let's look at the national lens first, and we're going to go from nationwide and then hone into where we are. And in between, a stop in West Virginia, which we tweeted about over the weekend. This was not a good week for the sports world in relation to COVID-19. If you look at the National Football League, um, today, as we record this Sunday, you had a professional franchise who had to go into a football game with all four of their quarterbacks unavailable. One, Jeff Driscoll of the Denver Broncos, testing positive for coronavirus. The other three quarterbacks being in close contact with him, obviously, in quarterback meetings and the like. What did they have to do? Very simple. They, they had a quarantine. So they, they, Denver had no one. No one with a QB on the roster by their name available for a game against the team that went into the week as the number one seed in the NFC, and uh, that be, being the New Orleans Saints. Just almost impossible for for a, a, a team to to have that happen to them and expect to have great success or, or really even being a chance to win a game uh, at that level. Of course, the week started with all of the positives in Baltimore. You had the Thanksgiving night game moved to Sunday. Then it was moved to Tuesday. As we record this, it is still scheduled for Tuesday night, Baltimore-Pittsburgh. Uh, but uh, Pittsburgh's quarterback coach, positive for COVID-19. That news coming out in the last 24 hours. Um if, if there's something else that happens with either one of those teams here in the, in, in, in the Monday time frame, it would have to be very early Monday. If we get more news on Monday night and certainly on Tuesday morning, then, then that could really throw things. Because that's a very important game. As you know, if you follow the NFL right now, Pittsburgh's the last undefeated team. But <clears throat> much more important than that is playoff situations. As they are 10-0, Baltimore coming into the game at 6-4, Cleveland winning on Sunday, so they are at 8-3, so they are now in second place firmly in that division. And Baltimore right now is just kind of in the hunt trying to stay alive for a wild card bid, but they're not going to have Lamar Jackson and a whole bunch of people, including Mark Andrews, the great tight end. He's had a fine season this year, and he tested positive in the last 24 hours or so or over the weekend. He will not be available if they can get that game in Tuesday night. Then the Ravens were supposed to play back-to-back Thursdays. 
Thanksgiving night Pittsburgh and then against Dallas on the regular Thursday night football. And that obviously can't happen because they're not going to play two games within 48 hours. So that's been moved to, to next Monday afternoon, December 7th. So if you go looking for Thursday night football this week, there won't be any. So you've got the Ravens and Steelers issues. You've got the, the, the Denver quarterback issue, which was just insane. And was talking with someone over Thanksgiving. And my feeling was at that point, and this was, I think, I think on the holiday itself, I'm like, if the National Football League does not make plans now to go and find a way to bubble themselves for the postseason, there may not be a postseason. There may not be a Super Bowl. Now, in the Super Bowl era, it has never been canceled. They've played them all. No matter, no matter what the circumstance was, we had, you know, Super Bowl 25, which was played uh, under the, the about a week or so after the beginning of the first Persian Gulf War back in January of 1991. Um, the Super Bowl was postponed a week in 2002 after the events of 9-11 in 2001 moved everything back a week and and it kind of changed the game in the sense that Super Bowl used to be a January event and now it's a February event in part because of that happening but ever since the first one January 15th 1967 Packers and Chiefs every Super Bowl that has been scheduled has been played and I just I just don't see where the NFL is going to be able to play it under normal circumstances because, and here's, here's why I'm saying this, something is going to happen like what has happened in the Baltimore-Pittsburgh situation and more towards the Baltimore side of it. Can you imagine getting to the NFC Championship game? And I'm being just totally hypothetical here. And let's say Tampa Bay is going to play New Orleans. But Tampa Bay suddenly has an outbreak of COVID-19 the Wednesday before the NFC Championship and Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski and uh, 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 the, the great uh, rookie linebacker, I can't remember his name right off the top of my head, but, but several key players for them are, are, are having to go into quarantine and they're going to miss the game. <clears throat> you know, if you allow that situation to be a possibility and then it happens, how in the world can you say, well, you know, each team had a fair shot? So that's a problem. So I feel like if the NFL wants to complete its season, and I did see from uh, NFL Network's Ian Rappaport earlier today, Sunday as we record this, that there are some talks now underway about the possibility of doing something along that lines. Um, I think the NBA and the NHL are making a huge mistake right now, getting ready to start seasons trying to have limited fans and instant testing and and all of this in a situation to where, as you may or may not have heard, uh, Santa Clara County, California, which is, of course, the county where the uh, Levi Stadium is for the 49ers. They happen to be on the road at Los Angeles today, and they did play, but uh, there are no contact sports allowed for the next three weeks uh, in Santa Clara County, so they may have to play a home game in Arizona. Uh, you know, that's that's how it's starting to get it's it, it's a slippery slope and, and it's starting to really, you know, it's not looking good. Now, turn the page and look at what's happening in college football. Uh, it's it's insane what is happening in college football. 
uh, Florida State alone, uh, with two consecutive weeks of games that were postponed at the very last minute, Clemson last week, Virginia this past weekend, um, you've got the, the Pac-12 who they tried, the Big Ten has tried Ohio State, last-minute cancellation of their game with Illinois. Now they're beginning to wonder, will Ohio State have enough of a resume to be considered for the college football playoff? I don't even know if we're going to get to the college football playoff. And, and if you do this year, is it, how do you make it fair and equitable? Uh, there's no ch- chance to really kind of play your way into it if you're like a one-loss team in a conference uh, via a championship game. Um, you know, if you've got situations where, you know, your conference is only going to play a half a dozen games and normally you play 12. And over here you got the SEC and the ACC that have played, you know, most of their seasons, but their schedules are now getting crazy. You know, Alabama's going to try to make up with the LSU game next week. We'll see if that happens or not. But, you know, tons of games are getting postponed and pushed and, and here, there, and everywhere. And I have a feeling, I am certain, I am certain, and, and I'll eat my words if it does come to pass, but I feel like I, am, I really believe at this point there will not be a regular bowl season schedule. All those minor bowls that have nothing to do with the college football playoff, I don't think they're going to happen. I don't think they're going to happen this year. There's not going to be a Sun Bowl. Uh, there's, there's, there's not going to be an Outback Bowl. You know, everything that has to be done in order for that game to ex- to exist between, you know, who? You know, 4-1 and one Northwestern and and maybe, I don't know, 6-2, and 7-2 and two Georgia or something. You know, it's just those things are not going to happen. Uh, will the college football playoff happen? We'll see. We'll see. Uh, but there is a lot of things that have to go right in the next three weeks, and the number or percentage of things that are going wrong on a weekly basis in major college football is not good. We're trending in the wrong direction. College basketball is now underway, and already just a slew of different postponements and cancellations. VCU was supposed to start the year in Tennessee. They end up going to a tournament in South Dakota instead. They're able to get a couple of games in there, uh, they go two and one at that opening classic. Uh, you know, there was a team that had problems with positives that dropped out. VCU went there because Tennessee canceled their whole event because they're the host team and they had COVID issues. And there are just COVID issues scattered all across college basketball. You name a team or a program, and and chances are they've already seen a change. And by the way, shout out right now to University of Richmond. Not only a win today, as we record this on Sunday, at Rupp Arena, at Kentucky, but a a win by 12, a convincing win. A lot of people have been high on Richmond going into this season, and Richmond did not disappoint Sunday afternoon. Congratulations to them, and I think, my Lord, how much even better would they be if Nick Sherrod had not towards ACL, and he was available for this game. Uh, Just crazy, crazy, crazy. So, Good start for the University of Richmond. That's great. It's a resume-building win, especially if we're able to get to March and actually have March Madness uh, coming up in 2021. We, we, we'll see. 
you know, again, we'll see. But I just I don't think there's going to be a bowl season. Uh, I think they're going to do everything in their power to, to get the college football playoff done. Uh, but the NCAA may have to look at doing a bubble there as well. Now, trickle that down, and again, you've got Richmond and VCU, both men's and women's teams, who have had schedule changes already. Uh, you got the CIAA not playing. Obviously, Division Three has not played yet. Randolph-Macon is not scheduled to start their season now until January 23rd with a 12-game conference-only schedule. There will only be four teams out of the ODAC that make it into the conference tournament. It will take place over a Thursday and a Saturday in early March, and there is still plans at this point for an NCAA Division III tournament. It will not have as many teams this year. There will be no at-large teams. You have to win your conference. It's like the old days when I was a little kid back in the 70s where you have to win your conference in order to go to the tournament. And by winning your conference, we're talking your conference tournament, not your regular season. Okay? Let me tell you a really quick story. <clears throat> For those of you who were not around, and most of you were not around, in 1974, the ACC that year featured two of the top three ranked teams in America. Of course, UCLA was one of those three teams. The other two were NC State and Maryland. And the two teams, the Terrapins and the Wolfpack, ended up playing for the ACC Tournament Championship in what turned out to be a triple overtime classic. And North Carolina State, with David Thompson, Tommy Burleson Incorporated, were able to outlast Lynn Elmore and John Lucas and Maryland. I believe 103-100 was the final score, if memory serves me correctly. And that meant NC State went to the NCAA tournament and the number three rated team in America, and obviously a team that could have gone to the Final Four that year, Maryland, did not make the tournament. It was that game that caused the NCAA to create the at-large bids. That's why it happened, because everybody just sat down after that happened and scratched their heads and went, this is insane. Why are we not allowing, obviously, one of the best teams in America to be you know, to have a chance to win a national championship because they lost by three points in triple overtime. And, you know, they only lost the, 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 the one game. It's not like they had lost eight or nine games in the regular season or something. And so that's why that's why at-larges are, are in existence. So we're going to go back at the Division three level to pre-1975 rules back in Division one, where you had to win your conference tournament to get the bid unless your league didn't have a conference tournament. Uh, the Ivy League's already announced they're not playing winter sports. Uh, so that's done. So, <laughs> again, college football is, is in trouble. College basketball is off to a very rocky start. Now, let's bring it into where we are. And, of course, you know the vast majority of what we cover here at the RBA Sports Network is at the high school level. This headline uh, caught our eye big time over the weekend. The entire high school football season in West Virginia has been halted due to COVID-19. Now, we're going to try to take a second and explain to you, West Virginia, obviously, each state does things differently. West Virginia has kind of a color-coded COVID map system, and it, it played into this decision being made. Quoting now from WTOV Television, that is the Fox affiliate, might be in Charleston, West Virginia. 
Uh, but the, it says here, the latest West Virginia Department of Education color-coded map is out, and not only has it brought a halt to another team's local football season, but the entire high school football season in West Virginia. So they were talking about the fact that uh, Oak Glen High School was looking at the map all week. They needed Hancock County uh, to get into the gold color, which is a certain amount of, you know, again, positivity rates and number of cases, et cetera, et cetera, um, to, to play a game that was scheduled for today, Sunday, against Robert C. Byrd High School. But on Saturday, uh, the home county of, of uh, Byrd High School, Harrison, dropped into the orange category. Uh, that meant that Bird could not play. That meant that Oak Glen could not play because there were certain standards. If you had the gold category, then, uh, you know, there were yeah, the number of cases and positivity rate and all of their other formulas that they're using would allow you to play. But if you are in orange, you're not. So the rules that were constructed for 2020 put West Virginia in the unfortunate position to where they had to end the season essentially one day short um, or one game short, I should say. And, and the, the West Virginia equivalent of the Virginia High School League released a statement on Saturday night that announced the end of the season. Uh, Fairmont Senior High won the Class A state championship uh, because they beat Bluefield in a Class AA semifinal. Um, you know, I don't know who their opponent was going to be, but whatever it is, the game's not happening. South Charleston High School is considered the AAA champs because they were the only team left still eligible to play with the colors on the map the way that they were. In other words, they were in a jurisdiction where COVID had not affected it enough to where they said, close it down. So not only did Westford, you know, you've got the situation with COVID-19. When it comes to the country, obviously right now it's spiking everywhere. But if you've, you know followed it with any any regularity since March, you know that some areas of the country, some states have had it worse than others. And and for certain reasons and situations, it was heavy early in New York. Part of that was because of New York City uh, and how it drastically affected New York City when it first came over and into the United States, uh, you know, where West Virginia was the last state to report a case of COVID-19. I can remember that going back to late March and early April. You know, well, West Virginia hadn't had a case yet, and then they finally did. They felt comfortable enough, as did most states, to try to do the football season. They get a week away, and they have to do what the VHSL had to do with basketball back in March. You'll recall they got the Class 1 and the Class 2 state finals done, and they had to cancel the other ones. And, and crowned co-champions in classes three through six. So West Virginia's football season is done. There are some declared champions, and there's a ton of what-ifs, which, of course, we know all about the what-ifs when it comes to all of the, you know, the basketball games that I just talked about that did not get played at March at the Siegel Center and the co-champions that were crowned, and, of course, the seasons that we did not have in all the spring sports and what could have been there. So here in Virginia, I've been telling you for months here on In the Red Zone, you know, prior life on the radio and now back as an exclusive podcast, that one of the things that I am watching like a hawk, not only the number of cases, but the positivity rate. 
And a couple of months ago, let's go back into September, you know, we were hanging at about the 5% level. And now we're over 7 consistently. Uh, the, there was a, a big spike in cases. Uh, and here in the, uh, over the weekend, there were over 3,000 new cases in Virginia on Saturday and on Sunday. The number of new cases, and I have it here in front of me, uh, at least I thought I did, uh, was over 2,000. And so that, that is not good news. Not good news at all. Now we get word that Chesterfield County has canceled workouts scheduled for teams for this week. And that is not good news. So the bottom line is this, fans. I think the week coming in, this particular week, is going to be the week that determines whether we will be able to start on the 21st of December or we're going to have a postponement or we're going to have more cancellations. Uh, now we're drilling down to the local, local level. Uh, we started talking about you know stuff across the country and the National Football League and college football and basketball. We drilled down into Division Three and then to what happened in West Virginia at the high school level with football. This is what I'm seeing happening in terms of high school sports in Virginia. I am very pessimistic that we will start on time. I am somewhat hopeful that we will have action at some point, but I am very pessimistic that it will start December 21st. Uh, when we were on ESPN Richmond the Friday before Thanksgiving, they, they asked me, you know, Bob and I were talking, and uh, Sean Robertson, of course, is in there with Bob on Fridays. And, and they just kind of asked me for my gut feeling. And, and at that point, I thought, I, you know, the chances were two out of three that we would not begin on the 21st in terms of actual games. I am still hoping that that will happen, but my feeling is now it's probably 90%, 10% that it will not. Now, this is not based on any inside information that I have that you don't because I don't have inside information. Um, I am just looking at reality and trends and the things that we have been talking about on this show, on this podcast for months now, tracking the number of cases, tracking the positivity rates. If a school system has decided to drop in-person learning, if they're not wanting you to send your children to school to learn, they're certainly not going to go, well, but you can send them to play basketball at 4 o'clock or have a game at 7.30. You know what I'm saying? Uh, that would just, it doesn't, that doesn't make sense. Richmond City has already canceled winter sports. No other jurisdiction in the area has done that yet. And certainly, now remember, and a lot of people forget this, the Virginia High School League is not a government agency. Okay? It has nothing to do with the Commonwealth of Virginia. They do, however, work hand-in-hand -hand with the, the governor's office and the Virginia Department of Health in what has been going on with COVID-19, and I feel like they've all done a fantastic job under tremendously difficult circumstances. I commend all the work that they have done. Uh, none of us who have you know, not been in the offices in Charlottesville of the VHS cell, none of us can probably understand the late nights that have been you know, 
done by everybody who works there, and it's not this huge office either. There's there's a dedicated number of people within that league office, but it's it's not it's not big, not like you think it might be. Uh, so uh, my hats are off to them. But the VHSL is not a government agency. So in other words, two things can happen here. Number one, your local school system has the right to go, we're not playing sports. City of Richmond has already done that. Your local jurisdiction also has the right to go, well, we want to play sports, but if the Virginia High School League says our scheduled events, our sanctioned events are canceled due to coronavirus, then if, you know, let's just be hypothetical. If Hanover County goes, well, we're still in school and we'd still like our basketball teams to play, they can play, but they're not going to be VHSL sanctioned. And, you know, the, the jurisdiction would be on their own. All right. So we're looking at two things. All right. Number one, will there be any other jurisdictions who follow suit with the city of Richmond? Remember, Chesterfield has now reverted back to all virtual learning. Henrico County was scheduled to begin limited in-person Monday, November 30th. That has been postponed till after the Christmas holidays. So no kids live in Henrico County schools now until January. Hanover is still in the hybrid model, but we're keeping a sharp eye on what Hanover may decide to do. And if they decide to pull the plug on in-person learning, that is going to be a very, very pessimistic sign. But I just can't see where you're going to be able to explain to people, um, you know, we, we can't send Susie to school to learn, but we, Susie can go, you know, play basketball or, or do gymnastics or, or whatever. Uh, so at this particular point, nine out of, I feel like the, the chances of us actually playing those first games on December 21st, it's now 90% no, 10% yes. Okay. Um, and, and with the news that is breaking, even as we are doing this podcast with a couple of different teams in sports in Chesterfield County, announcing that workouts in the county have been have been canceled for the week of November 30th through the 4th. Um, that that is not a good sign either. That that is saying okay, we're going to put a pause on this. We're going to have meetings. We're going to sit down. We're going to look at everything and make a decision. If we've made the decision, okay, we can't have in-person learning. Then are are we going to have to postpone? And then the question is, if there's a change, are we postponing or are we canceling? Are we going to try to get those 14 games in and wait two weeks or three weeks? And how long is too long? Can you extend winter sports into that second area where the fall sports are supposed to be made good? Um, you know, are, are we going to get this virus under control to a point where we feel like we can do any of this? Uh, we, we're right on the precipice. We are not where we were March 9th, March 10th, March 11th because it's not unprecedented. We've been here before. And we know the things to look for that are not good. And the issues nationally on the sporting scene, the issues regionally on the sporting scene, and looking at what's happening with COVID-19 statewide and locally, none of the numbers are trending in the right direction. 
So as of right now, as we record this podcast on Sunday night, November 29th, everything is scheduled. And again, from the Virginia High School League standpoint, it's practices December 7th, regular season for winter sports beginning December the 21st, which would be three weeks from Monday, November the 30th. But um, I'm not holding my breath, okay? All we can do at this particular point is wait and see what the decisions are made. And as we get information from jurisdictions, localities, the Virginia High School League, the BISAA, who is, you know, they have their own plans in place on trying to get, uh, you know, games in for their members in the winter sports realm. Their season's going to look different, too, and it's going to look even different from what the VHSL uh, is trying to do. But uh, I have a feeling that we're going to know a whole lot more, excuse me, when we get back together with you with our next edition of In the Red Zone next weekend, next Sunday, um, as opposed to what we know as we record this right now. But I I am very pessimistic. Uh, unfortunately, at this particular point, as to whether or not we're going to see actual action on the 21st. Uh, If we do, let me mark out a couple of things, because I'd like to end the show on a positive note, for heaven's sakes. Uh, A a couple of things in terms of um, historical perspective. In Henrico County, Douglas Freeman High School, their new era as the Mavericks is scheduled to begin with a varsity basketball doubleheader at home against Hermitage. Girls at 6, the boys around 7.30-ish or 20 minutes after. Uh, So the Mavericks would host the Panthers, Hermitage at Douglas Freeman there on the 21st, and the first games for the new Mechanicsville Mustangs would be on the road, rivalry night action at Atlee. Again, a girls-boys basketball doubleheader. Girls at 6, boys 20 minutes after the conclusion, 7.30 quarter to 8. Will that happen? All we can do is wait and see. So here's what you can do, okay? And and I don't know how. I, I think it's just because of the climate that we're in. I think that, it, that had COVID-19 happened 30 years ago, uh, this this disease, this virus, this pandemic would not have been as politicized as it has been here in the year 2020. I think the climate that was in place made that happen. It certainly wasn't the virus that did it. It was the climate that took it and did what it's currently doing with everything else. Here's what we all need to do. Okay, I hate wearing masks. I'll be the first one to tell you, I don't know anybody that I've talked to in this entire pandemic that's looked at me and go, Rob, I love it. I hope we always wear masks forever. This is fantastic. No, it's like paying taxes, guys. Nobody likes to pay taxes, but we have to do it so that the, the, the collective good, the things that have to be done from a local, state, and federal government level get done. Now, we could have a totally different discussion about how much money they need and how they waste and all of that, but we're not here for that. What I'm saying is, is that we don't like paying taxes, but we do it. Uh, I got personal property taxes coming due. I live in Henrico County. I don't like paying them, but I got to do it. So I don't like wearing a mask every time I go into a store, but I got to do it because I need to protect the people who are working there, 
They need to protect me if I'm going in. Um, You need to do it to protect the people who may be with the people that you are with, but you may not be with. Now, for those, and you're going, Rob, what are you talking about? And I can't remember if we talked about this on the last podcast or not, but this is really important. And I'll close with this thought. Uh, earlier in the fall, and, and I caught eye of this simply because of, you know, I am a, a wedding officiant. I'm also a second-generation ordained minister, in case you didn't know that. And I, I do anywhere between 25 and 30 weddings a year. And obviously, that all has been, you know, just decimated by COVID-19 as well. I've seen weddings canceled. I've seen them postponed. I've seen them postponed twice. I've seen couples go from having 150 guests to 10, going from having it at this big, great place to in their backyard, because they were like, look, we just want to get married. And as long as you're doing it within the governor's guidelines, that's fine. But there was a wedding in Maine, and there was a COVID outbreak because of that wedding. And after contact tracing, they determined that seven people died from coronavirus. None of them attended the wedding itself, but all seven contracted coronavirus from people who were either at the wedding or from people who were with people who were at that wedding and they were not practicing social distancing, and they were not practicing mask wearing. Okay? So do it anyway. Okay? For those of you listening to me right now, I'm not going to wear my mask. If you care about me or your neighbor or, or, or the, the person down the street you've never met, do it. Okay? Just do it. Nike. May I borrow your, your slogan for a minute? Uh, this will be done soon. This will be over one day. Uh, I don't know when it's going to be, but it will be quicker if once a vaccine or vaccines become available and people begin to get inoculated and that becomes more of the norm, it will be better if we have less spread. And we have less spread when we do what we can do right now. It's as simple as that, you know i got to be honest with you, I have thought a lot and very hard in the last several weeks. I'm 53 years old. I'm a heart attack survivor from seven and a half years ago. You know, is it wise for me to go cover a high school basketball game December 21st if COVID-19 is raging across the Commonwealth of Virginia? I don't know. So that that's, that's where we drill down. We've been... Um, We've been drilling down this entire broadcast, going from sports in the in the entire realm all the way down to here I am, you know, talking a little personal at this moment. And that's how all of us have to have to look at this. Uh, if you're listening and you're 16 and you're healthy and you're vibrant and you're like, you know, there's no way COVID's going to get me. You can't you can't feel that way. You can't be that way. It is no respecter of persons. It doesn't matter about age or et cetera, et cetera. Certainly, I'm in a higher risk category than, you know, someone that's 17 years old and perfectly healthy. But that does not mean that that 17-year-old can't contract COVID-19. Okay? So, what we do, deep breath, okay? We just go day by day. Those of you who play, continue to work out, continue to be fresh, Whatever it is that you do, whether it be at home, 
Uh, if you go to a gym and work out socially distance, uh, whatever it is, you keep working out. And let me explain to you why. You need to do that for your mental health as much as your physical health. You do it from a physical standpoint so that when the green light finally comes, you can go, all right, I'm in shape, I'm conditioned, let's go play. And it will take you less time to get in-game shape. Okay, But on top of that, it helps you mentally because it keeps you sharp and focused on what will eventually happen. And that is a return to action at some point in some way, shape, or form. But if you do not allow yourself to stay sharp and focused mentally, it will take you a whole lot longer to get back into it both physically and mentally when we do get the green light. Um, But right now I have a fear that the light is turning yellow ahead and we're going to have to stop at a red. As we know things, stay in touch with us on Twitter, at the RVA Sportsnet, at the uh, the three hyperlocal feeds that we have across the area, at Hanover Sports, at Henrico Sports, at Chesterfield Sports, which is at the letter C Field Sports. Uh, We're on Facebook, obviously, uh, the RVA Sports Network. We've got pages for Henrico County as well as uh, Hanover County. Um, our Hanover County hyperlocal coverage online at HanoverCountySports.net. And, of course, RVASportsNetwork.com, where now we have a new, vibrant podcast player where you can listen to the latest edition of In the Red Zone and past editions as well, archived on demand. And very happy to say that we are working on expanding where you can find in the red zone. It's always at our websites at the top of the page. Again, rvasportsnetwork.com and hanovercountysports.net. Uh, but you can also listen uh, on Amazon. <clears throat> Excuse me. You can listen on Spotify. And we are trying to see, uh, trying to get on uh, iHeartMedia. We're working on TuneIn. We're working on Apple. So we're working on getting this podcast in, it, distributed in as many ways as possible to make it as easy for you as possible for you to listen or to get your friends or your, your classmates or your teammates or coaching, uh, you know, whoever to listen. Uh, and as we close, just got additional information. The, um, the, the out-of-season workouts for this week in Chesterfield are canceled. Um, and apparently it's the same thing in Henrico County. Um, the source that I have is telling me from a Chesterfield County standpoint that everything is still on track for tryouts a week from Monday, December 7th. So let me leave you on that hopeful note. Look for the following three things this week. Number one, keep an eye on the number of cases per day Number two, in Virginia. Number two, the positivity rate. If it can start to go back down, especially get under 7, prefer to get under 6%, get back in that 5% range where we were back late summer into the fall would be great. Um, And keep an eye on whether, number three, keep an eye on whether any jurisdictions themselves make the decision to pull the plug on sports in three weeks. If nobody does, then we look to the Virginia High School League. What are they thinking What may they decide based on what they're seeing from a statewide level? And we'll be with you every step of the way, no matter what. And we're bound to determine to be with you when action returns, hopefully on the 21st of December, but whenever it may be.
Thanks again, everybody, for being with us. You'll notice we are, we're starting to get things um, back up and running in a normal way here. We had our, our theme music at the beginning of the podcast as we're working to build out a new studio here uh, at, at our headquarters and uh, bring uh, the radio station that we were with for many years, the Mater, bring that online now that it's no longer on the air at 102.9 FM. Uh, it's a process, and it goes day by day, and sometimes it goes very, 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 very slowly. And it's a bit frustrating, but we'll get there. One of these days, uh, we will get there, so it's piece by piece. And again, thanks for your support and for sticking with uh, the RBA Sports Network. Rob Witham, thanks so much for being with us. We will talk to you again next Sunday. And again, if we have anything major that breaks, stay with us on Twitter, on Facebook, on our websites. And if we need to, we'll do a special edition of In the Red Zone to give you all the information that we have as we receive it. Thanks, everybody. Have a fantastic week. Talk to you next week in the Red Zone.